Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me today is my co-host of the moment, the godfather of Football Garbage Time. It's... <laughs> I, I, I almost feel like I need to do more, though, Scott. I just feel like I have to do more than just call you the godfather of Football Garbage Time. We wouldn't exist without you, so I, I I'll think of a better terminology for that. But for now, the godfather of Football Garbage Time... Here he is. We got Scott uh, on on the phone with us. Uh, Scott King, who will be uh, talking to us about all sorts of stuff today, and it's always awesome to have him on the on the line and on the show because he is a fantasy football maven. And today's our fantasy football show. Aren't you excited? Yeah, it's great. It's it's exciting to be talking about it again. You know, we're past Fourth of July, so we've got training camp coming up. It's time to get serious about football. Yeah, and and I, we were just talking pre-show about NASCAR. So instead, so everyone should know that instead of prepping for the show, we we're talking about the NASCAR race in Chicago. So obviously making good use of our time there. But hey, listen, there were very few things that I've been excited for uh, in the sporting realm in this off season, and that's one of them. And I think we had a discussion about that. I thought it was fantastic. I know that you had some some thoughts there in terms of the actual racing. But hey, I thought you know that's a big thing for the sport, don't you think? Yeah, I think it did exactly what they wanted, which got some new eyeballs. They got plenty of press. The pure racing itself wasn't the best, you know, such a such an interesting course. But people watched it. I watched every lap. My fantasy my fantasy lineup hit. I had SPG, um, so <laughs> can't complain. It's kind of like when the NFL sends the Jacksonville Jaguars from five years ago overseas to play in London. It's not going to be great football, but, you know, you're getting more eyes on, right? So that's, that's all you really want at yeah, the end of the day. Exactly. So we got a lot to talk about today because, as, as Scott mentioned, we are only a few weeks away from training camp. We're only a, about a month away from the preseason, which means we're only two months away from the start of the regular season. Which means it's fantasy football time. So today we are going to talk about the fantasy football uh, landscape, some draft strategy, and our current top five of each position, including sleepers and busts at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end, and so much more. So hey, let's go ahead and get this started. I'm sure all our listeners out there are like, okay, stop talking about NASCAR all over. Let's get down to this fantasy football stuff because that's what's going to win me some money. Hey, listen, I love fantasy football. You love fantasy football. We're probably in too many fantasy football leagues as is. But before we jump into this and start talking about our top five at each position, as well as our sleeper and our bust at each position, any thoughts on draft strategy this early in the season? Have you seen anything? Is there anything that you've noted that you'd want to share with the with all the folks out there who are looking to get ready for the draft season. Yeah, I've been running through a lot of uh, mocks so far early just to kind of get a feel for what's going on out there. And I always remind people is make sure you know what your your settings are in your team, yeah. you know, in your league. Is it PPR, half PPR? You know what your situation is because you can read somebody's list and it may be set up totally different from your league and you'll get burned. And the other thing is people fall in love with rookies, probably overly valuing them. You know, you've got – there was a ton of quarterbacks taken. People are going to get really excited about those. Um, and then also, you know, this early on, 
injuries. You got to be careful uh, of those. So those are things I always tell people to keep an eye out for um, before the, the first half of the year. Yeah, I totally agree of all those things. And I, and I have to say that what I've kind of experienced is that there's a little bit of a return to that running back RB1 type of draft strategy. A lot of the top ones are going early, but there is some good value going into the third round on the running back side. And I did notice that after the fourth round, there's a massive drop off in wide receiver talent. I mean, obviously there's a lot of wide receivers you can target, but um, it really does kind of, you know, you, you're getting to the point where they're no longer wide receiver ones. They're more like wide receiver threes and fours. There's like a little bit of a cliff there. The hand comes around at the fourth round or so. So, I, I mean, those are the two things I kind of noticed, but Hey, it's so early that we can't even get ADP yet. <laughs> most of these picks because most of the sites haven't actually published their ADP yet. Um, being that it's just after uh, the 4th of July weekend. So let's get started here. Let's talk about our top five of each position, and then we'll go with sleeper and bus. And I'll start with you here, Scott, on the QB position here. Give us your top five at the quarterback position for this upcoming season. Yeah, I don't think this is going to be a big surprise for anybody. I'm going Mahomes, Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Lamar Jackson. I think that's probably the consensus. You might you might sneak a Justin Herbert in there. Um, but I think those five are, are probably in some order people's uh, consensus. Yeah, I think that's true. And, and I think that I, I am going to be a little bit outside of that. And part of it might be a little bit of homerism, so you can already know where I'm going with this. But I, I am going to agree <laughs> with Mahomes at number one. I think there's no question about that. I'm actually elevating Jalen Hurts to two uh, instead of Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen, of course, a fine quarterback. But there are some question marks I have there regarding uh, some off-season comments regarding him not running as much. And I think from a fantasy perspective, uh, that can be uh, can hurt his value a little bit, particularly at the, where he's being drafted right now. Um, after that, I agree with Burrow. I think Burrow has all the upside in the world. I mean, the kid can throw. And I got Justin Fields at five and Jackson right after him. It was a close call for me, but I feel like Justin Fields now has a, a much upgraded receiving core. And the uh, Bears are likely to continue to play from behind, particularly in a – in a uh, division which is going to be a, a lot of mess there and a lot of things to sort through. Uh, so I think there's some, some, some potential there for some big scoring games in which he'll have to do a lot of running and get a lot of yards. Uh, my problem with Lamar Jackson, listen, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, no doubt. He has not really done a ton other than getting Zay Flowers and, of course, OBJ. And, I mean, it's, it's not like there's a lot going on there in terms of targets, and I just don't know how it's going to work for him. And I have some question marks in terms of the running game as well. So I'm not 100% in on that, but, of course, it was a close call because Jackson's done before. Fields has done it in short spurts but not consistently. So it's a tough one for me. Uh, so I agree with Patrick Mahomes, of course. Um, and, you know, Josh Allen, let me ask you about that. I mean, does that impact you at all? Because right now, Josh Allen in the uh, combined rankings – is at 38 overall. Jalen Hurts at 39. They're essentially being drafted next to each other. I am slightly favoring Jalen Hurts because uh, I think he will continue to run. I think that they, they are going to continue to use him in short yardage situations as well for touchdowns. Josh Allen, I mean, they have been talking about not having him run as much. It, does that concern you at all, or do you think it really doesn't matter in such a high-octane offense? Yeah, I think this this early before the season starts, there's always that talk of you know quarterbacks that run historically are going to become more pocket passers and then you get to the season and and the pass rush comes and what they're doing they're breaking out running so <laughs> i think um you know as as quarterbacks get older they run a little bit less so 
but I think this is a team, you know, that's going to be playing for obviously a Super Bowl run. And so they're going to be doing whatever they can to get that higher seed. I think home field advantage means a lot, you know, especially in Buffalo towards, towards the playoffs. So, you know, again, I think it's just another one of these stories where quarterbacks are going to throw from the pocket more often than the next, you know, they're running 15 yeah, times a game. I, I think I agree with all that. I, I will say this though. Like if you look at 2022, like 30% of Josh Allen's fantasy production came on the ground. I mean, that's a lot to ask for your quarterback yeah. to put up that much, that much based on ground production. Um, I think that there is going to be a little bit of regression coming here. And like I said, there is some discussion there about having him run less. They also added Damian Harris and of course, Dalton Kincaid, who I will be talking about a little bit more for quite some time. But I think that really does um, add on to the fact that he now has other targets there that he can use in short yardage situations and not put himself at risk. I, I don't doubt that he will run when there is uh, opportunity to run. I think there will be less design runs for Josh Allen, whereas I think there will be as many design runs for Jalen Hurts. What do you think about Jalen Hurts, though, in his situation? Yeah, I think he's really proven to be a, a solid quarterback in the league, which which I've been on record being completely wrong about. So uh, I'll own that one. Um, but, you know, it's a good, <laughs> Me too. good offense. All of us. Um, yeah, it's a good offense, a good offensive mind. Uh, he doesn't run – I don't feel like he runs recklessly, so I don't expect him to, to see a lot of injuries. I, I mean, I watched him see, uh, week one last year against Detroit – I think he ran on every third down and picked every single one of them up. So mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. Uh, he's a smart runner. They've got a really good offense, a really good coach, a good offensive line. So I think he's just going to be uh, a methodical runner and a, and a smart one, and not you know not like your your buddy Fields who's running for his life literally every. <laughs> every right. Well, that's where he's going to get his. I didn't say the team was going to be good. I just said that he was going to have yeah. to do a lot of running. So, I mean, there, there's that. Um, so, let, so let's go to the sleeper here, because that's the one I think will be interesting. Who's your sleeper quarterback that you're looking at, keeping an eye on now in the draft season? Yeah, I, I don't know that I would classify him as a sleeper, but just from where I've seen him in some of the rankings early on is Deshaun Watson. He's, he's mm, in that interesting. sort of mid mid to late teens. And I think it's just been out of sight, out of mind. I mean, he's just, he's been a train wreck the last few seasons. He's not been on the field much, but he's got talent. He's got talent around him. He's got, you know, ability. I think he's just been sort of forgotten about. And so I think, you know, if you're talking about somebody in the mid teens that could, could easily be a top 10 fantasy pick, you know, I think that's definitely somebody to keep an eye on. And if you're down in the, you know, if you're down in the Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, you know, range, why mm-hmm. not take Deshaun Watson? He's got upside over all those guys. Right, right. And there is some talk. I mean, we keep in mind, DeAndre Hopkins still doesn't have a home. Neither does Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. Um, unlikely for Cook to end up there. But DeAndre Hopkins has expressed some desire to be there. So has Deshaun Watson. And uh, there has been, and it's been starting to pick up a little steam, you know? I mean, there was initially yep. kind of like, well, it's going to be a Patriot, uh, but it's been picking up a little steam in the off season. So uh, we know Hopkins is going to wait to the last minute. Uh, what better place to go than a quarterback you trust in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. And that would really blow up his ADP. I suspect if that were to happen. Um, I got a sleeper and he's a real deeper. And it's, it's one that I, 
I just feel excited about, but I just don't know what to expect. And that's Anthony Richardson over in Indianapolis. I just feel like he's now uh, ranked 138. So you're basically getting him for a song, if anything. And he is one of the most athletic uh, quarterbacks that we've seen come out of the draft in quite some time. Now, athletic does not necessarily mean you're going to do well, right? Uh, we all know that, um, that, that Malik Willis also was athletic and hasn't done anything with it yet. So Anthony Richardson may or may not be the guy uh, that will be to, to pick up on that trend. But when he's in stride, he can be in stride. He has, he has a great arm. He can go 50 yards on the field, and he has a great running talent. Uh, he is really good on timing routes and slants and things of that nature. I think that the Colts will use that to ease him in to the system. So I really do think there's some benefit there. And, of course, you got Jonathan Taylor in the background. What better way to offset the pressure on the quarterback than to have a dynamic running back like that be able to leak out and just make, make yards on the ground? I think that's going to – keep him safe and keep him up there. And, and quite frankly, I can see him being a league winner if he's exactly what we think he's going to be. So Anthony Richardson, what do you think about him right now? Again, right, ranked at 138 overall. Yeah, I think he falls into that, that athletic quarterback who can run. So from a fantasy standpoint, you know, he could get 50 plus yards a game running just for his life. And you do that pick up, you know, if you average, call it 75 yards a game on the ground and a touchdown. Yeah. That's a pretty strong, strong fantasy season. So I could see that, you know, again, not from a production standpoint, but just running for his life and just picking up yards. And, you know, you pick up 10 yards a clip as a quarterback and, and you're doing pretty well. And I think he has the ability to do that. Yep, I, I agree. So I think that if you are looking for someone to speculate on after picking up your starter – Anthony Richardson, a guy to look at. All right, let's talk about the other side of this. Let's talk about the bust. Let's. <laughs> this is never never fun to talk about. What quarterback are you picking the bust this year? Yeah, I think it's uh, for me. It's somebody who played way way over their ability last year, which is Geno Smith. I, I think mm-hmm. it was a fun story in Seattle, and and he really had some production. They snuck in, stole the playoff spot from Detroit on, on some bad calls in that yep. in their last game of the season. Um, but he was way over his production. I mean, the guy's been in the league a long time. Good for him. You know, glad he had a good season, but I just would be shocked if he's anything close to that. Um, you know, I've seen him ranked in the top 10, which just to me doesn't, doesn't make any sense at all. I, I just don't see him being <laughs> able to repeat that. Yeah. And, and currently uh, combined ranking at 112 overall. So, You'll still have to put up a pretty decent pick there in order to get him. And he's right in the same vicinity as uh, Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones and Tua, Tagovailoa, which is kind of surprising to me because I kind of feel like Tua is at least one or two steps above there. But, uh, you know, of course, he is riding high on his performance last year. But I do agree with that one. I'm going to pick as a bust, and this is going to be surprising to some people. I'm picking Josh Allen. And, and listen, it has nothing to do – with Josh Allen being a bad player, okay? It's entirely to do with where he's being drafted. Because I've seen him being drafted essentially in the second round uh, of 12-team uh, of leagues. And I think if you're going to take him at that point, then you really need to have a lot of upside and a lot of consistency. Patrick Mahomes, I understand. Jalen Hurts is the running upside, I understand. Even Joe Burrow, to a certain extent, uh, there has maybe more upside there. I think Josh Allen is going to become a little bit more conservative he will throw as he will throw. He won't he won't rush as much. 
And I think that's going to be an issue. And as I mentioned earlier, 30% of his production last year was on the ground. I think regression is coming. I don't think he's worth where you have to draft him. Uh, I certainly don't think he's going to be bad. So don't anybody go misquote me later in the season and say Josh <laughs> Allen is going to be a bust of the quarterback. I just think it, he's not going to live up to the place where you have to take him in the draft. All right, let's go ahead uh, and talk, because we did talk a little bit about that already, but I want to turn on to the next side because I want to get into the running backs here and talk about our top five there. Who are your top five running backs? Yeah, I think, again, not not a lot of uh, surprise here. You've got McCaffrey, Eckler, uh, Jonathan Taylor, and for me it's Nick Chubb. I think cleaning up that backfield in Cleveland, plus with Watson coming in, I think it's going to put Chubb in, in a good spot. So I think there's a few you know you can mix in there, but I, I think those are definitely some of the top guys. Okay, so you got McCaffrey, and did you say Eckler, and then and then yep, Eckler Taylor and Chubb, and Taylor and Chubb, yep. All right, and who's who's number five? Oh, sorry, um, Henry. Uh, I was going to say like, you you have no faith in the rest of the running back core. You're like, you know what? <laughs> that's it. After four, I'm that's not drafting any four. running backs. I'm There's out. Four, that's it. <laughs> Well, yeah. I got, I got, I agree with you. McCaffrey and Eckler at the top of the list, particularly because we are talking about PPR formats right now. I have Saquon Barkley at three, and I have oh, wow. uh, at four a guy that I, 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 you know, maybe I'm too much all in on this guy. Um, I'm in on Tony Pollard. I think he's going to be very dynamic. I think we're going to have to use him as a as a receiver more this season, which obviously helps his value in PPR. So I, I definitely like Tony Pollard at four, and of course I have Jonathan Taylor at five. I think. Anthony Richardson adds a lot to his ability because, of course, he can run. So there'll probably be a little bit of TD regression, I assume, if Anthony Richardson will start under center. But that also means they're going to be another spy there trying to keep Anthony Richardson from getting 5 or 10 yards, which means there's one less defender trying to stop Jonathan Taylor from getting 5 or 10 yards. I love the upside uh, for Jonathan Taylor this season. But, you know, not more so than Tony Pollard. I really do think that, that Pollard can turn it around. Being the every, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I had my questions about whether he can be an every down back. He was super dynamic last year on less than optimal carries, but no more Zeke Elliott. So I, I do like what I see of Tony Pollard here. Any thoughts on that, on on the differences we have here? Because obviously I have Barkley and Pollard in there. You got Chubb and Henry. What do you think about me elevating Barkley and Pollard to that list? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, it's kind of hard. You look at this top end of the running back list, to your point earlier about RB1 kind of being back in vogue. It's, it's a pretty deep list. You could mix and match. I mean, I, I left Jacobs off my list as well. Did you? And then you've got, mm-hmm. you know, rookies like uh, Bijan Robinson here in Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think you can go wrong either way. I, I think it's a matter of who you trust to be healthy and, and who's going to get the touches. But um, yeah, I mean, you could, the, the Pollard and, and Barkley, I, I'd be happy having either one of those guys. Yeah, I, I agree on all those things as well. And uh, obviously, I'm, I'm a big believer in what Tony Pollard can do. And I think he's going to continue to rise up there. But let's talk about sleeper. Who do you got as the sleeper for the running back position? Yeah, this, this guy got um, fell off the map, I think, because of his injury. And I've seen him go in the teens, um, which has been a little interesting for me, which is mm-hmm. Brees Hall in New York oh, yeah. with the Jets. Yeah, right. You know, standing okay. Assuming he's back healthy, he was running away literally with the rookie of the year. You've got Aaron Rodgers now in town. You've got, you know, a legitimate 
passing game. Um, I think Brees Hall is somebody who could have a good season, and I think has just been forgotten about because of all these other backs and his injury. So I'm I'm targeting Brees Hall as as somebody I expect to have a, a good year. Right, and the only obviously the only question is, of course, he had that ACL injury in October, so mm-hmm. he'll be um, a little bit short of 12 months when coming back into the season. But that seems to be plenty of time for him to get ready and all the, uh, all the discussion so far is that he's on target to making it back for the regular season. And, and like you said, having Aaron Rodgers there, a, uh, an obvious huge bump for his production. Uh, and I got another guy and I'm, I'm going really deep with this one. Um, and I'm going over rookie. I'm going with Zach Charbonnet over in uh, Seattle. And I know that he's, he's one of those guys who can be great or nothing because <laughs> we saw Kenneth right. Walker, become a top five running back last year and but they'd spent some draft you know they spent a second round draft um capital here on zach charbonnet they didn't do that to have him sit on the sidelines of course we have no idea because they did the same thing with uh with uh with uh penny many uh, rashad penny a, a couple of years ago and he didn't do much in his first year either but either way i do think that charbonnet has a chance to be really good here in the backfield um, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure what Pete Carroll's plans are, but I do think that he uh, has a, a significant upside. He's in uh, right now ranked at 111, so you get him pretty cheap. I'm not saying you get him in your top two running backs, but if you're getting a third guy or a flex option, I mean, if Kenneth Walker goes down, he'll be a, he'll be a league winner. If Kenneth Walker stays healthy, he may be a uh, part of a coming back by committee. So I still think there's some, uh, there's some back, some upside there in terms of uh, Zach Charbonnet over in Seattle. Um, any thoughts about him before we go to our bus? Yeah, I think it's just going to be a matter of that, that Seattle offense, right? So where does Gino go this year? Kenneth Walker, how the receivers perform? Um, definitely a deep sleeper. I, I think it's somebody to keep an eye on. Um, and especially, you know, if you get Kenneth Walker, just grab him for a handcuff, then you're set yeah. either way. Yeah, I think you get both. Yeah, absolutely. is definitely a way to go. I mean, in UCLA, 3,346 yards, 39 touchdowns, 5.9 yards per carry, 75 receptions for 589 receiving yards. I mean, he could just be the receiving guy and still put up a lot of production at 111th overall, kind of my thought. Let's talk about the other side here and talk about the bus. What do you got here as a bus for running back? Yeah, I think um, kind of similar to Gino, a guy who was way over his previous history for me is Josh Jacobs. You know, good story. Mm-hmm. He played a ton in the Hall of Fame game, which signaled to everybody that he was likely going to get just straight up cut or or traded. And then he he went and put up a monster year. I just I have a big issue overall with the Raiders' offense this year. And I think it's going to take a big step backwards across the board. And so I think uh, Jacobs is is a guy who has a big step back. And if you take him, you know, take him at your own risk. Yeah. And of course there's a change there behind center. Um, I don't think anybody thought that um, Derek Carr was a world beater, but I don't think anybody thought that um, Jimmy Garoppolo was a world beater either. So um, I think there is some question mark there as to what that is going to look like in Las Vegas and whether he's going to be able to repeat on that or not. Um, I can tell you my bust on the running back side is Ramondre Stevenson. And I mean, it's not like he's bad. Okay. I think he's great, but I think that there is a question mark as to whether he'll have as big a role next season or not. 
because I have no idea what's going to happen in New England. And one thing I do know about New England is that Bill Belichick has no um, loyalty to a single running back. <laughs> this doesn't happen. He will, he will gain yeah. team as much as he possibly can. And right now, Ramondre Stevenson is going essentially in the end of the first, beginning of the second round, 13th overall. I think that's just too high. You know, I just really think that's too high for Ramondre Stevenson, and that's why I think he's going to be a bust. Not because I think he's going to be bad, but because of the fact that he will not live up to that end of first round, beginning of second round draft capital that you have to spend. And, I, and as a uh, honorable mention, I'll have to mention Bijan Robinson. <laughs> Listen, I love him. Uh, you guys must really love him in Atlanta. But the fact of the matter is that he's a rookie and being drafted fifth overall is a lot of draft capital put into a guy we haven't even seen played one snap in the NFL yet. I mean, any thoughts on Bijan Robinson before we turn it over to wide receivers? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the issue in Atlanta is a crowded backfield. They like to run the ball. Um, they're moving over to Desmond Ritter, who we don't know what he can do. I mean, I've seen him in preseason and a little bit in regular season. You know, he's not a amazing quarterback, so they're going to run the ball a lot. But they've got a crowded backfield with some guys that can move the ball. So I think it's an interesting pick. Um, yeah, but I agree. Definitely, definitely a lot of risk for sure. All right, so we got a we got a caller here. Caller, you're on the line uh, with us. Uh, give us your name. Yeah, this is Naj, man. How you guys doing? Hey, Naj, how you doing? Welcome back on the show. Uh, you got you got some thoughts here on the uh, running back position or one of these guys we're talking about? Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with uh, the, the man who just spoke because you're looking at Atlanta. They don't play with tempo. They try to slow the game down, so probably not that many plays. And teams like that are making me say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to go down the board as far as running back. And, and I'll get right. some of these guys in the timeshare uh, splits, you know, James Cook in Buffalo, A.J. Mm-hmm. Dillon in Green Bay. Like, I'm, I'm just going to take those guys, and I'm just going to load up at wide receiver, man, and try to stack mm-hmm. with quarterbacks and, you know what I mean, try to get a little diversity within my lineup. But, dude, this this is the most – unpredictable NFL season I, I think we've seen in a while. Like last yeah. year, my biggest uh, winners were getting Geno Smith because nobody else was there. That won't happen again Geno for sure. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's like, okay, how do I figure out how to do that this year and take some risks? Hey, the two Tampa receivers with Baker. Now, I know that yeah. sounds terrible, but in the later rounds, I mean, it'll be there if you want to take the risk on it. So, yep. yeah, I'm, I'm listening to what everybody is saying, so I'm going to listen to what you guys say today. And yes, I'm going to steal some of your ideas. But, uh, <laughs> that's what, you, yeah, that's man, what we're here uh, for. <laughs> with Underdog and DraftKings and all the stuff we have now, like I never thought that best ball and fantasy would be this big, dude. But, yeah, I'm it's loving huge. it. So I'm getting ready for the season. And I love that pick, by the way. Chris Godwin going 43rd overall. That's probably the deepest he's ever gone in a draft in ever. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, the, the right. fact of the matter is we don't know what Baker is. Uh, he can be good Baker, can be bad Baker. Maybe they go to turn to Kyle Trask at some point. But the fact of the matter is Chris Godwin is certainly a talent, uh, and he can t- play it in the intermediate field as well. So certainly a lot of potential there for PPR. Hey, thanks so much for calling in, Naz. Appreciate it. Have a good one, Matt. Thanks. Thanks. All right, some good comments there from Naz. Hey, Scott, let's go ahead and turn this over now, hit the boxing bell, and talk about the next position, and that's the wide receiver as we are just kind of teeing up there. What's your top five of wide receivers? Yeah, 
Um, I've got Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, uh, Cooper Cup, and I'm mm-hmm. going uh, A.J. Brown there at five. A.J. Uh, Brown, interesting, controversial yeah. pick at number five. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I'll give you mine first, and then I want to hear more about A.J. Brown. I got Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Tyreek Hill, just like you do. At number four, I have Stephon Diggs. And number five, I have Cooper Cup. So I don't have A.J. Brown there. Um, but it's interesting to me that you and I agree that Diggs is behind Hill. I think that what we've seen in a lot of uh, ratings, rankings so far, is people putting Diggs ahead of Hill. And I just think Hill is more of a home run hitter there. And if two is healthy, that he has so much more upside. But let's hear about A.J. Brown here at number five. A little bit of controversy. I like this. So what do you, what, what, what do you see here of Brown that makes you want to take him at the fifth wide receiver overall? Yeah, I, I think, you know, same with Jalen Hurts. I, I just really was impressed with the Eagles offense, the, the, uh, the calls by the coach and what he was able to do to put him in places to win. Um, you know, you've got the threat of, of Hurts to run. So he can make some time and get those receivers open. And I mean, people, I think, forget how talented A.J. Brown was playing mm-hmm. there in Tennessee, Tannehill. The guy's a monster. I mean, he's just, he's just huge. He can make plays. Yep. Um, and, and I really think the Eagles offense is going to do well. I don't know if their record's going to be the same and they'll go as deep, but I think right. – you know, from an offensive production standpoint, I definitely think um, Brown's up for another good year. I mean, he was he finished wide receiver four last season, so no doubt about his talent there and their, their willingness to throw the ball to him. Um, he just got unlocked. He was basically achievement unlocked last year. <laughs> finished eighth in points per game. He had 29% target share. He posted the NFL's sixth highest air yards share at 39%, despite running fewer routes than his own teammate, Devontae Smith. I mean, he basically did it all uh, and, and essentially um, was in a system which was probably one of the biggest breakouts in the NFL in terms of offense uh, of any team. So if they keep that up, uh, I don't disagree with the fact that A.J. Brown can be that big again. So let's talk about sleeper here uh, real quick. Who is your sleeper for wide receiver? Yeah, I think it's another guy that people forgot can play the game, which is uh, Calvin Ridley. You know, he was out all last year with uh, mm-hmm. with the gambling. He was out part of the previous year with some some personal mental health issues. And right. the guy can flat out play. And Jacksonville has put together quite an offense. Trevor Lawrence is, is a real quarterback. Uh, He's he turned the corner the for sure. Out. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget, you know, I won a lot of fantasy with Calvin Ridley. He was top, you know, what, three receiver, five, top five for sure receiver in the league fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's going to get that high, but, I mean, he's down in the in the 20s and 30s. Uh, there's no way. I mean, I take him over tons of other guys that I see going above him. So I, I think he's a pretty deep sleeper for me. I like that because, of course, he's out of the public eye in terms of his gameplay. He's in the public eye in terms of his off-the-field stuff, and he can flat-out play. He gets in there. I agree that Jacksonville Jaguar is turning the corner on offense, and that is a great place for him to land. Um, and I have a really deep sleeper for you. I got Romeo Dobbs out of Green Bay. Why? Because Green Bay's got nobody else. <laughs> I mean, quite frankly, you know, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is gone. Um, Alan Lazard is gone. 
Randall Cobb is gone. It's only Christian Watson and, and uh, Romeo Dobbs. And Dobbs showed us a lot of upside last year. Watson was a big breakout, but Dobbs uh, is a big sleeper here and has just as much athleticism, if not more, than Christian Watson. And I think that it's still up in the air as to who Jordan Love is going to target and what Matt LaFleur is going to do here. But Matt LaFleur surely is optimistic about Dobbs doing really well. He said so much, a lot of nice things. They are making comparisons to Devontae Adams. So I think that there is some up, up, like really, really high-level upside here for Romeo Dobbs. And guess what? He is 146 overall. So you basically can take him for free at the end of your draft or near the end of your draft. So Romeo Dobbs is a wide receiver. You know, hey, he's basically a wide receiver one slash two for basically nothing. Uh, and, and maybe he is nothing after Jordan Love. I don't know. But – the fact of the matter is that if he has any, if he actually gets a the majority or even the, even the second highest target share from Jordan Love, he's worth it at 146 overall. So I, I love me some Romeo Dobbs there. Um, give me a bust here for uh, for the wide receiver side. Yeah, I think it goes back um, to what I was saying about the receiver and and that or the running back position, and and it's going to match here. It's going to be Devonte Adams. Um, Devonte yeah, Adams. Last, all right. Last I saw. I don't think Garoppolo has been medically cleared yet. So, uh, you know, there's still still some time before the season starts, but still an issue. Um, again, I just think this, this team is going to take a step back. Darren Waller's gone. Um, so you lose some talent there at the tight end position. And I, I just think I think the Raiders may be in for a really terrible season this year. So I think Adams takes a big step back. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised by that. Um, I, the only thing I think that he has going for him is that they're probably going to be behind a lot. <laughs> so um, yeah. they're going to have to air it out, and, and they're going to target the crap out of uh, Devontae Adams. But you're right. For the, ti- for the place where you have to draft him, he may not be returning on the value that you have to spend in terms of draft capital. Right now, the seventh high, uh, highest drafted uh, wide receiver on the board. So that's pretty big amount, significant amount of draft capital there you got to give up for him. My bust, believe it or not, another big name, Cooper Cup. I think that there's going to be some issues here with Cooper Cup. I think there are some question marks as to whether he can bring uh, continual production after last year being off and the injury. Um, and, you, and he's being drafted really, really high. Listen, I, Cooper Cup is great, right? Don't get me wrong. Nobody go and misquote me and say, and say Cooper Cup's going to suck this year. He's being drafted 11th overall. So he's definitely – you need to get him in the first round, essentially, if you want Cooper Cup. And, yes, he can pay off, but I just don't know. If I had a choice between Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase, I'm taking Jamar Chase. Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill, I'm taking Tyreek Hill. They're uh, healthy and they have a stable quarterback situation, which I can, which I understand and I, I know what they're what they can do. Um, obviously, Tua can be injured, but Tyreek Hill can get his production from basically anyone. So I have some questions about Cooper Cup. I think he will be a bust this year if you have to draft him in the first round. If you can get him in the third round, great. But I just don't think he's going to slip that far because of name recognition. Um, all right, let's quickly get on to the last one because we're running a little short on time here, and we're going to talk about the tight end position. Give us your top five for tight end. Yeah, for me, it's uh, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. I'm going to go uh, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, and then Darren Waller now with the Giants. Wow. So Waller's still making an appearance in the top five, even though he's gone on to the Giants. Um, so I agree with you. Travis Kelce is my number one. I think that's he's basically a world beater. Mark Andrews I have at number two just because of his target share is just so ginormous. Number three, I have Dallas Goddard 
And at four, I have TJ Hawkinson, so we agree there. And at five, I have, you Atlanta fans will be fan, happy with this, Kyle Pitts. I put Kyle Pitts in number five. So Kittle doesn't even make my top five this year. How about them apples? What do you think about Kyle Pitts in the top five and Kittle being out of the top five? Yeah, so I'll give away my, my bust, which is Kyle Pitts. Um, <laughs> he, <he's, laughs> I think he's I at, see he's where we're going with three, this now. <laughs> I, I think he's sitting at three touchdowns in his career, um, maybe one. I, I don't even remember anymore. So, super talented guy. Just the offense is, is just – I don't – they're, they're going to run the triple option before they throw the ball um, with Ritter. And Kittle, you know, time's going to catch up with him at some point. So I, I don't think that's, uh, you know, too out of the ordinary. It, it just really depends on, you know, I, I do like Shanahan. He's very, very, uh, you know, talented play caller. He'll find ways to get the ball. But I, I could see, I could see Kittle starting to drop, drop off a little bit. Yeah, and it's and so this is going to be really funny because my bust was George Kittle. <laughs> so there you go. I guess we were uh, we had we had like the opposite in mind here. But um, you know George Kittle, my my problem with him is that uh, listen, he's he's been great, but he's been inconsistent. He's entering his age thirty campaign. Um, he's had a pretty significant injury history. I don't know if we're going to get a full sixteen games out of him this season. Um, consider that he averaged 8.5 targets per game in 2018, but every year after that has gone down to 7.6 to 7, uh, well, kind of gone down, 7.6 to 7.9, so it stayed the same, then 6.7 last year, career low 5.7 uh, targets per game. I mean, if they're not targeting him, he's not going to get a whole lot of production. And, you know, part of it was the quarterback situation that was kind of rotating, so it may depend on that a little bit. But listen, they got Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Juwan Jennings isn't going anywhere. So I think that they have so many options there in terms of uh, targets that, you know, maybe Kittle won't have to be that guy anymore. You know, we saw that last year. They were very successful, uh, and he was down to only 60% of the targets that he had when his, in his uh, 2018 season. So I just think that for the draft capital you to give up for him, he just may not be worth it this year, uh, George Kittle. So let's talk about your sleeper here, though. Let's turn to the other side of this equation. Who's your sleeper at tight end? Yeah, I'm going to go um, with uh, David and Joku in okay. kind of match, yeah. match him with Deshaun. Uh, he, he's super talented. He he did have some good years a few years back in fantasy. Kind of faded away uh, over the last couple of years. But I think if Deshaun has a has a solid year, uh, finds the tight end, he's he's going to be looking to move the ball. If you can stack Deshaun and, and Joku with, if you're sitting at, you know, where you'd be sitting to get him late, you know, late wait on a quarterback, grab the two of them together and, and mm-hmm. see what you can do. Yeah, I, so I, what I take away from this is that you are big on the Cleveland Browns <laughs> this year. So, but that's great. I love it. I mean, Joku has shown us a lot, and I always thought he was going to have a breakout season, and he's been kind of up and down and up and down. But certainly for the value, you can get a lot out of that. And I do not disagree that there is certainly significant upside there. I am going to break my own rule and go for another rookie here. I'm going with Dalton Kincaid as my sleeper for the Buffalo Bills. He's right now ranked at 165 overall. So, again, maybe a last round or second to last round uh, pickup for people in traditional leagues. I mean, he's a dynamic tight end that can play slot. I mean, he can be a big slot receiver. Um, the, the, the scuttlebutt is that at Buffalo, 
he's going to, they're going to run him in three wide sets with Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis, as well as tight end sets. Uh, so I think there is a lot of potential there for opportunity for him. Uh, I think Josh Allen is going to throw more, run less. That was kind of my thing about why I've dropped him in my rankings. But that means all his receivers go up. And I think Kincaid is going to have a lot of opportunity there to prove what he can do. In 2022, when he's at Utah, 70 catches, 890 yards, eight touchdowns. He could be a standout in the NFL. And I think he's going to have the opportunity to show it. Plus, being drafted that late, I mean, sometime in the 15th, 16th round for the 10-team leagues or maybe 14th round or or 13th round for 12-team leagues, I think you can take him so late that it's uh, almost zero risk there. And he may end up being someone that you can play in the flex as well. So there you go, Dalton Kincaid for me. And that brings us to the end of our show. Let's hit the air horn on the show here. All right, Scott, so much fun talking about fantasy football, man. I mean, it's like we're just around the corner and I love fantasy football. You love fantasy football. Heck, that's your that's your that's your Twitter handle. Tell us about give us your Twitter handle so everyone can follow you. Yep, NFL fantasy underscore more. Uh, season's getting getting ready to come on us. Um, talking about that, ta- setting fantasy uh, NASCAR lineups in the in the off season. So yeah, been having some good success there. If you're trying to set your fantasy NASCAR, hit me up. They're here in Atlanta this weekend, so ready for football day. Come, come yeah, and, and definitely sure. don't forget, I mean, obviously all those things, check them out. But check them out also on Twitter because we started the ninth annual Football Garbage Time Twitter mock draft. Can you believe it's been nine years that we've been doing this? Isn't that uh, it's unbelievable? That's crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, Scott, being on your draft special when you were running Football Extra Points. So that must have been a decade ago at least. Isn't that insane? Oh, yeah. so here we are guys so everybody check it out hashtag fgt mock draft check out of course you can find it following um uh following uh, scott king you can follow me you can follow anybody who's on that draft we got we have 10 guys from different sites all drafting uh and it's going to be fun it's going to be a lot of fun to follow along and i think it's just great and chime in you know this is a we want your feedback you know we don't know it all we think we know it all but we don't know it all so tell us on Twitter if you disagree, uh, because we'll just, you know, that's fine. We'll just lay in, we'll just lay into you. Just lay into you for, for giving us a hard time, because that's what Twitter is all about. All right. Uh, you can find me at FB Garbage Time on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at the Football Garbage Time page. Thank you once again for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, get ready for those fantasy football drafts. We sure hope we gave you a leg up and enjoy your NFL week.